Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Well, when Bobby Blades and I were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do we record an episode? How do we get our show into all the apps people like to listen to? How do we make money from our podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it is 100% free. That's one of my three favorite four-letter F words. It's also ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. As a matter of fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. Now, admittedly, I am not a rocket surgeon. I'm not tech savvy. I need things to be super simple. Anchor makes it easy for us. We create the content and Anchor does all the rest of the work. I dig that the most. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join the Inhumans and a diverse community of like-minded degenerate podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. You know I'll be listening. Previously on What the Hell is Wrong with Bobby. The time has come. For bad things to win The time has come For life to begin The time has come For the war of the blood I get crazy emotional A lot of those emotions are sadness, but... Even though things started off pretty sad last time, I don't want you to think that this is all just going to be me crying about how pathetic I am. I know a lot of people have it much worse than I ever have or will, but it's not about that. It's about me trying to figure out me. You're probably also expecting me to tell another story about my life. Don't worry, you're going to hear more stories. Whenever it's appropriate or if the mood so strikes me, but that's not always going to be the case. I'm not just doing this for something to do or to try to find a format that's going to be catchy or to try to gain listeners or popularity or whatever. I'm doing this to work through my thoughts and feelings, to gather and put back together the pieces of my spirit like a jigsaw puzzle and hope that all the pieces are in or around the box. Sometimes that's going to happen in the form of a story. I suppose I could tell you about the first time my kid's mom and I kissed. Spoiler alert, it happened in a mental institution. True story. I could tell you about my first recording contract or why I can't stand bone. I could tell you about how I lost my eye, but I don't think I'm going to do that. Let's maintain a little bit of mystery. I could tell you about the time I'm pretty sure I died, but I'm saving that for the inhuman experience. I could tell you about every concussion that I've ever had or every teacher who used to pick on me because they wanted to fit in with all the asshole kids who used to pick on me. Or I could tell you about how I fucked up my chance to be with the girl who I know is my soulmate back in 1997. Know what, fuck it, I do have a story. I recently had a conversation with Shaheen. He brought up how humbled he was that he had such a big impact on me through the work that he was doing in podcasts. He said that I would probably have an impact on people as well. 
I told him to remind me to tell him about filmmaker, fellow podcaster, good friend, and all-around hell of a guy, Max Cole. So I guess I'll tell you my inspirational story all about the one and only Max Cole. I had mentioned that I became a radio personality after I finished college. I was born and raised in luxurious Cleveland, Ohio, but I went to college in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Having never been a sports fan, I was totally clueless to the fact that there was a bloody rivalry between the two cities. It's pretty funny to me now because having lived in both, I happen to know that there is absolutely nothing special about either city at all. Look, I'm already getting sidetracked. I attended the Art Institute of Pittsburgh and earned my degree in music business. Probably the most valuable thing that I learned in school was that the music business is not for me. Go ahead and Google industry rule number 4080. The business is cutthroat and I'm just not a cutthroat guy, but I was determined to finish school. Didn't know what I was going to do from there, but I did finish. After I graduated, I just hung around Pittsburgh doing nothing really. Had two bullshit part-time jobs, doing some telemarketing and working at a cemetery. Actually, I liked that cemetery job. I got to live there rent-free, and I was honestly able to tell people that I lived in a cemetery, so that was pretty cool. Anyway, there was only one urban radio station in Pittsburgh, and a handful of people who I knew from school were working there, including my cousin D. He saw that I was doing nothing, and he talked me into trying to get in at the station said that I would be hired with no problem because a dude who we were cool with in school named Frank was the assistant promotions director and he did the hiring and promotions. I went to talk to Frank. He said there were no positions available, but because he knew me from school, he would let me intern until something opened up, even though I had already graduated. I went ahead and did it because I really didn't have anything else better to do. Promotions really wasn't my strong suit, but honestly, I didn't really have a strong suit. All I really knew how to do was make beats and rap a little bit, but I wasn't interested in using those skills there. I really wasn't feeling motivated to do much of anything since I realized that the music business wasn't for me, and I didn't have a serious enough interest in radio to try to pursue any positions. I interned for a couple of months and honestly, any time I moved up the ladder at all was because the opportunities came to me. I literally pursued nothing at that job. I fell into a job as a board op there because they needed to fill an air shift one day and for some reason, none of the board ops who worked there were available. If you're not familiar with the terminology, a board op is a person at a radio station who does an air shift, but they don't talk on air, they just play songs. I did that for several months, and that was good enough for me. It didn't pay much, but I didn't care. It was just something to do. I should mention that the company actually owned two stations in town, AM860 and 106 Jams, WAMO. (laughs) While I was just fine as a board op on the little AM station, my cousin was scratching and clawing his way as high as he could go on the FM side. He ended up landing a spot as the sports guy on the morning show. 
from the field to the ice, keeping the sports tight with Damon Knight. <laughs> he was a big deal and he was living it up. Money, groupies, fame, all that good stuff. My cousin was doing his thing and steady making enemies at that station. <laughs> I won't go into why or how because that's his story, not mine. But while he was rubbing people the wrong way, the program director took a liking to me for some reason. I don't know, maybe because I was fairly easygoing, I wasn't a troublemaker, I worked any shift he needed me for. I don't know, he just liked me for some reason. Anyway, another opportunity came up for me when the program director suddenly fired a legendary personality on the AM side. I hadn't even really tried to get my own show at all. The most I had done was put together a mock air check one day when the program director asked me to. An air check is just a radio personality's demo tape. He asked me to make one and I thought nothing of it, so I did it. So he asked me if I could come in early one day. I was thinking he needed me to board up in place of the guy who he fired. About 25 minutes before the shift started, he asked me if I was ready. I thought it was a weird question because he knew I was a good board up. So I said, ready for what? He said, you're cracking the mic today. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that at all, but I wasn't going to tell him that. He asked me what I was going to call myself on air. I hadn't even thought of that. I was about to go on the radio on my own show and I didn't even have a damn name. I told him I definitely wanted to use my real first name, but I didn't know about a last name. He suggested Bobby D, like Billy D. <laughs> I hated it. I don't even have a D anywhere in my damn name. I did not like it, but there was no time to argue. So I went on air, and for the next several years, I was Bobby D. That's how I became an on-air personality. But still, that was just on the AM side. At first, anyway. I was a personality on the AM station for a few months before my cousin ended up pissing off the wrong people. He was fired and I was given an air shift on the FM station on the same day. I'm pretty sure them moving me to the main station on the day that they fired him was just a fuck you to him. But whatever. I was doing the quiet storm and I became a local celebrity. It absolutely went to my head too. I was the slow jam guy. So women would constantly call in to flirt with me. And of course I would flirt back. Sometimes they would want to come to the station to see me. And the job was fun sometimes. Even the ladies who worked there started treating me different because of the job. It was pretty cool, but in the back of my mind and gradually moving to the forefront was the realization that none of them gave a fuck about me. I wasn't good enough for them when I was just playing Bobby, but now that I'm on the air, they're all about the D. It was shameful to me. Still, I did the job, and even though I was treated like a big shot and I acted like a big shot sometimes, I still felt like I didn't fit in. I honestly felt like a fraud. I took advantage of opportunities as they came, though. Free gifts from local businesses. Free gifts from groupies. Anything I wanted from groupies. The job really did have some pluses. <laughs> but still, I wasn't myself when I was there. After a few years of doing it, though, the universe put me right back in my place. Because I was irresponsible and stupid, I ended up having a baby. I made the best of it, though, but I lived for my little girls. Anyway, I stayed with the mom, and we took care of each other because 
No matter what, I knew that I wasn't going to bring a baby into this world and not be there. So I had a baby, and without going into any details, I lost my left eye. The way I said that makes it sound like the two are connected. They're not. My, my baby didn't take my eye. I just happened to lose my eye shortly after she was born. Somewhere right there within that same time frame, we started having problems with our landlord. And we were already having problems with each other. So the shit was beginning to pile up real high. I was missing a lot of work at that time too because I just lost the use of my eye. So I spent a lot of time in the hospital having several operations to try to save the eye. Fucking asshole doctors knew they couldn't save it, but they didn't care. They just kept cutting me open and getting paid for it. Fuck them. So right during the time that I was missing so much work, the program director who liked me and who kept giving me opportunities was moved to a different position at the station. He was replaced by a new program director from New York, and he did not like your boy. <laughs> no, he did not like me one bit, and that feeling was mutual. He was just a cocky little cokehead who walked around that station with his fucking frail little chest poked out like he was Zeus on top of Mount Olympus. I'm not even totally sure why he didn't like me, but I just figured it was probably mostly because I was missing so much work. Like I was blowing off work for fun to have several eye operations. Things got pretty tense at the station because everybody knew that we did not like each other, and I know I wasn't quiet about it at all. I never claimed to be a tough guy, but I honestly wanted to beat the shit out of him. And that's what it was about to come to in his office the day that I quit. I was clear-headed enough to realize that he wanted me to knock his ass out because I would have been fired and arrested, and he would have been rid of me. So I just quit. Fuck it. Funny thing, he ended up getting fired not too long after that anyway. So, so now, let me see. I had a baby. I lost my eye. I lost my job. Things got really bad with the landlord, so we had to move. And on top of all of that, we found out she was pregnant again. Things really could not have been much worse at all. We ended up leaving Pittsburgh, moved back to Cleveland, and stayed with my parents until we were able to get a place. She worked while I stayed home with the kids, and we ended up having a third baby. And all of that is all of that. Now, jumping ahead from what had to have been the longest setup ever, I was listening to Get in the Corner podcast. Yuck and Dogger kept talking about this black guy with a smooth, deep voice. They said his name was Max Cole. I thought, huh, interesting. All right, we'll see. Like, I felt threatened. I was fairly new to the corner, and I really hadn't called in much. In my mind, and with a jealous part of me, which I hate about myself, I was like, who the hell is this Max character? I'm the black guy with the deep voice. <laughs> it feels silly to say, but a big part of me doing this and trying to figure myself out is the total honesty that has to come along with it. I get jealous. I do. I think I know what it stems from, and I'm sure I'll talk about it at some point, but I was like, who the hell is Max? And then he called in. Holy shit, hearing his voice was like having angels from heaven feed melted dark chocolate directly into your ear holes like baby birds. My immediate thought was that this guy could have easily done the quiet storm after I left radio. Everybody in the corner was crazy about his voice, and it was easy to hear why. 
He's a filmmaker, and I found out that he also had his own podcast called Cinema After Dark. I subscribed and binged his available episodes, and I dug the format. It was late-night radio style, just like what I was doing on The Quiet Storm. His voice was deep like mine, but the smoothness of his voice was more natural, whereas mine was played up for radio. Even his cadence and speech patterns were similar to what I was doing on the radio. It was almost uncanny. So anyway, over the next month or so, Max would call into the corner from time to time, and he would always shout out everybody in the chat. The way the Mixler works is, if you see the same names in the chat enough times, you kind of start to form a connection. And since I was always around, I always got a shout out. Cool. So one day, Yuck announced that they were going to have Max on the show for a formal interview. In the interview, Yuck asked Max, so you're from Hollywood, right? Max said he lives in Hollywood, but he was born and raised in Pittsburgh. That was just too much of a coincidence for me. I listened to his entire story. It was interesting and inspiring. Jumping ahead a couple of weeks, Yuck started a live broadcast on a day and time that he doesn't usually go on. I think he was editing an episode or playing music or something. I can't really remember. But I know that for at least the first 30 minutes or so, nobody was listening but Max and me. Yuck kept thanking us for hanging out and said he felt like talking if one of us wanted to call in. Max called in and he and Yuck talked for a few minutes before I decided to call in too. Max and I officially introduced ourselves because while we had heard each other on the corner several times before, we never actually spoke with each other. Yuck was excited because he finally had the two deep-voiced black guys on the call at the same time, as if he was expecting the universe to collapse in on itself. (laughs) He said he had to step out for a minute, so Max and I were able to talk. Since this was the perfect opportunity, I didn't waste any time because I just had to know. I told him I remembered from his interview that he said he grew up in Pittsburgh. He said, yeah. Asked him if he ever used to listen to WAMO. He said, yes. I think it took him two seconds to realize. He said, you're Bobby D. <laughs> he got so excited. Said he used to listen to me all the time on the radio. This is where the ridiculously long setup for the story comes together. Max told me that he was on a different path before he was inspired and influenced by what I did on The Quiet Storm. He said that he was so inspired by my show that I helped him decide to make a life for himself in a creative field. He was so influenced by me that he patterned certain elements of his speech and demeanor after what he picked up from me. The Quiet Storm was his inspiration for cinema after dark. Might be an exaggeration a little bit, but it's really just a little bit. But the point is, because of me putting myself out there so many years ago, I had a major impact on the life of a person who turned out to become a brilliant artist. Somebody who's respected by all of his peers and is adored by absolutely everybody who comes in contact with him. I was impressed by Max Cole before I had any idea that I had any impact on his life whatsoever. And the best part is that I know that he's inspiring and influencing other people to figure out who they are and to follow their own path and to just get out there and do it. I can't claim responsibility or take credit for any success that Max earns for himself, but I am proud to have contributed in some way. 
Hopefully the people who he inspires can go on to inspire other people. And hopefully it can just keep going just like that. If we can all try to inspire and influence each other in a positive way, then there might be no room for negativity. I know I sound like a new age hippie right now. I know, I know, but I'm trying hard to stay positive and to hold on to every bit of positivity that I can. And if I could keep doing that, then maybe I'll have a better chance of finding what I'm looking for in search of my lost soul.